It's gonna be a good day. Monday we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. Welcome back to Pacific Sitrep. I'm with my co-host Colonel John Mills. Welcome, sir. Hey Todd, always an honor to be on the show. Thank you so much. So you're in the Virginia area, I believe, and I'm in Tel Aviv, and uh, we'll be here for another week or so. Uh, first, we, before we get started, any thoughts on the hostage ceasefire, the hostage exchange and the ceasefire here in Tel Aviv in the Gaza conflict? Well, okay, everybody's got to realize yeah, it's seven hours ahead of East Coast time. So it does look like there is a ceasefire uh, uh, in progress, but these things are very, very delicate and flimsy. And, but it's essentially, they, uh, there's 50 hostages to be released and in return for 150. There's roughly 240 hostages uh, being held. But what a lot of people don't realize this is all about the role of Gutter uh, in their negotiation position. And Gutter's a very, well, we could talk about that in a separate show. It's a very odd. Uh, it's a Sunni-led country, but they have great relations with Iran, and it, it mm -hmm. drove the Saudis crazy. That's why they were going to dig a moat around Gutter. Uh, but but they just they're Sunni, uh, but they just get along with Iran, and they they've become a they they've negotiated uh, part uh, you uh, swaps for Ukraine. Them and them and Turkey work very closely together. Oh, that's right. They're also aligned with the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, friendly with the Muslim Brotherhood, which doesn't like the Saudis don't like. But this this hostage swap, there's three people that really are the center of gravity of this whole whole thing. So, uh, and I apologize, can't always remember their name. Yewa Senwar, who's the on-the-ground political commander of Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Mohammed Daif, who's the mysterious military commander on the ground. And and then there's Is Ismail Haniway, who is the overall leader of Hamas, who's in exile in Gutter. Those three, sooner or later, will meet their maker. Uh, I guarantee it. And so this is all about uh, the Hamas wants to slow roll this because these three personalities know sooner or later they are going to be eliminated. Mm -hmm. And I, I guarantee you the Israelis will pursue them to the gates of uh, the gates of Hades to mm -hmm. uh, to eliminate them. Um, so this is really what's going on. They're slow rolling this because these three are trying to just extend their their uh, uh, tread life on, on this earth. So that's really what's going on here. Well, they definitely want to turn this into a permanent ceasefire. So we'll be on top of that. And we'll have a report uh, daily for the next week on what's going on here in Israel. But let's switch to gears a little bit to, well, kind of in between. I talked to you about the before we started the show on how the naval deployments to the Med in this region are impacting Pacific operations and the threat against Taiwan. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, I don't don't mean to become a budget wonk, but this is this is really important because when we we have four carriers essentially at sea in forward areas now, four out of our eleven. You got the Ford and the Reagan uh, in the Eastern Med. The announced plan was that the uh, uh, the four excuse me the Ford and the Eisenhower. Now the Eisenhower was going to peel off, go through the Suez, and then be present in the. Uh, uh, Arabian Gulf off of Iran to as a turn against Iran, but it looks like they're operating together. You got the Reagan and the Vincent in the Western Pacific um, as a show of deterrence against uh, Chinese moves. What this accelerated usage of our military does is eats eats up what's called O and M operations and maintenance funds, and especially uh, with your background in aviation. A lot of folks don't realize one of the most important things in military aviation units is management of flight hours. Management never, flight never get hours. enough. Yeah, never you, get enough. And yeah. Those are expensive, and these accelerated mm -hmm. operations just blow through those flight hours, available flight hours, because that's all about maintenance and recycling of the aircraft and regeneration of the aircraft. So this is a serious budget issue, and we got four at sea doing a lot of sorties that just blows through the naval aviation uh, flight hours. But we also got uh, Army Special Operations units. We have the uh, uh, the, the uh, MH-60 that, that crashed while refueling somewhere in between Cyprus and uh, Israel. Uh, that means we have accelerated flight hours and op-tempo op for our Tier 1 Special Operators and Joint mm -hmm. Special Operations Command. All this stuff just blows through our budget, and uh, um, we're undercapitalized, under-resourced, and have historic shortfalls in uh, rec recruiting and retention because of the, primarily because of the W word, wokeness. Yeah. This is, yeah. this is so, so that's what's going on. And you wanted to talk about the Taiwanese election. Yeah, a couple of, maybe two or three quick things about Asia, um, you know, the, it's coming up on the 13th of the uh, uh, 13th of January, the Taiwanese presidential election. So President Tsai, she cannot uh, run again. So uh, uh, the uh, vice president, uh, Lai uh, Ching-Ti, uh, often goes by William or Billy Lai, uh, he's with the DPP. He's uh, by polling. He's clearly in the forefront. There's three other characters in play. Uh, Ko Wen-ji out of the Taiwan People's Party, a left-wing party. He's actually polling number two, but way behind, uh, maybe 20%. Uh, then you got Ho Yu-wi, who is the Gomingdong KMT uh, party candidate. He's trailing. Now, the, the dark horse and the one that was really stirring things was, was uh, Terry uh, Guao of Foxcom, um, you know, a, a key maker of... A, components and uh, the iPhones and things like that. So he has a lot of factories on the mainland. He was going to run as an independent. So he just received like last week approval to run as an independent. Now he says he's out. So that begs the question, who is he going to throw his support behind? And and he was really, uh, uh, you know, he was significant 15%. So where is that 15% going to go? Uh, that could, I, I, I just don't see it going to, uh, 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 Ko Wenji of the, the Taiwan People's Party. It's left wing. I don't think it's going to go that direction. I don't think it's going to, maybe some of it will go to the Gomingdong, but that's a, that's the legacy party. If you look at Taiwan history, 
you know, Chiang Kai-shek yeah. is not was not a nice person when he rolled in in 1949. He was a brutal thug. And a lot of people would like to move beyond the Kuomintang. And the Kuomintang is corrupt, totally corrupt, mm -hmm. and they're bought off by the, by the Chinese communists. So the Chinese communists are going to try to throw this election. I don't think that's going to be successful, but I think they're going to try and throw it. Once they're unsuccessful, I think watch out. I think summertime is when it's going to, when something's going to happen. So watch, watch this space. Very interesting. Good to know. You had mentioned anything else about Asia? You had a few things on your list. Yeah, yeah, a, a couple of quick things here is uh, Hyundai Heavy Industries has a, a shipyard that they created in Subic Bay in the Philippines, a modern, modern shipyard. Very good. But it didn't get anywhere. It just it really wasn't financially uh, uh, successful. So they were uh, a few years ago, they were going to sell it. And and it was the Chinese were interested in buying it. Now, Cerberus Capital, Cerberus Capital. Cerberus. Yep. Know them well. Cer my Wall Street okay. days. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, are they related to uh, are they related to uh, um, Carlisle Group or? Uh, uh, well, I, I don't think so. But I mean, I don't know the I know more at the lower level. We were dealing a lot with their insurance trading in Bermuda. But um, oh. Okay. Anyway, well, well Cerberus, uh, I mean, originally Carlisle Group moved in and put slap some money down to make sure the yard didn't fall into Chinese hands. Okay, good, mm -hmm. good for them. Good for them. Mm -hmm. Good use. Uh, they did the right thing for themselves, right things for America. Um, now we're in a historic shortfall of maintenance capacity in our in our four navy yards and our roughly 10 private sector yards in america which is we're way behind so this might be a yard that we really leverage and it might become a producer of new ship assemblies like a boeing vertically integrated uh internationally integrated supply chain where they build major components where they float it across the pacific we do final assembly in america so watch this space the only problem with that location is uh, literally a hundred miles off there. That's the that's the uh, uh, Scarborough Shoals where Chinese are are shoving and pushing with the Filipinos. They want to put missiles there, so when you come in and out of of, uh, of Subic Bay, you have to go either right to the north or left to the south through the archipelago. But when you come in and out, you're exposing yourself to potential <laughs> missile fire from uh, relatively close by Chinese units. So watch this space, interesting development. And the other one was uh, North Korea may or may not have launched a site spy satellite successfully. But what caught my attention is South Korea is really, they have a, a, a conservative leader now, uh, they threw out uh, Moon Jae-in, a communist, um, they're really building their military capacity and they're, they've taken, we had a concept for the arsenal ship, which ne went nowhere, but it was a very simple vessel. They were just going to carry a lot of missiles mm -hmm. and that's a pretty good idea, but mm -hmm. they take, they, they literally borrow the designs from DARPA and they're making their own arsenal ships and they're going to, it's almost going to be like they're ballistic missile submarine force of but except it's going to be a ship and they're going to have like six of these so they always have three at sea at one time and they're going to be loaded with 80 ballistic missiles each that's going to be their wow. deterrent to north korea so i think watch this space because that's a, that's a lot of firepower and guess what they could just pivot left and unleash that on uh, on china in case of conflict so i i, I applaud the south koreans and their development of the arsenal ship 
uh, an idea we, we had and went nowhere with. Uh, so good for them. So this is this is watch this space. These are powerful ships, and South Korea is building a very powerful navy. And what's amazing is the South Koreans and the Ch Japanese are working very closely together. Never happened before. It was always really hard to be in the room with them and get them to talk to each other. Yeah, because of the history. Sure. Yeah. So, um, well, I had a thought, but it, I spaced it. Um, oh, what, what's going on with this South Korean political system? I mean, they had moved pretty far left. Do you do you know the update politically? What's happening in? Yeah, yeah. Moon Moon Jae In. Uh, uh, so he's out, and that was like last year. They had the presidential mm -hmm. election. Uh, they have a conservative. The name's escaping me right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're rocking. They're really. They are. Okay. They are really doing well. The the conservatives rallied. Um, I did. I was asked several times to provide input to the different conservative groups. The problem was mm -hmm. the conservative groups were very fractured in South Korea. They didn't like each other. They weren't talking to each other. Oh, sounds familiar, right? Uh, on mm -hmm. our end. And uh, But they were able to get together, throw out Moon Jae-in. Uh, the people really did not like the left tilt of Moon Jae-in. And so they're solidly conservative, solid in, solidly in power. We're able to... I think in April of 2000, that was a total Chinese influence operation to throw the legislature to the Chinese side. But that's all been flipped. The, the, the conservatives rallied in South Korea, got it right. So it shows that even with moon, uh, so even with machine manipulation, you can still get it right. So they, they did a good job. Colonel, thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you next week. Is there anything, any final words? Do you want to mention your book real quick? Oh, thank you, Todd. Yeah, the uh, war against the deep state, uh, uh, all about the mass surveillance system set up in 2007 to 2014, which helped create the, was the glue for the unlawful fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government, administrative state, fusion of, law, of federal intelligence and big tech, and then the nonprofits. And Ladies and gentlemen, watch the Supreme Court case in the spring, Missouri and Louisiana. This is going to determine the fate of our nation state. The book is directly related to that. I'm a very, I'm a named interested party. I'm a material witness to the things that are going on with the Missouri and Louisiana case in front of the Supreme Court. It's going to be an interesting year altogether. Thank you for your time and we'll, we'll see you next week. All right, Todd. Thank you very much. Take, Take care. care.